Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards and no matter where you are in the US or the UK, every yard counts. Great podcast in front of us here today. We're talking to three teams who have got their thermometers out because it's playoff fever time. We have the Lincolnshire Bombers, the Birmingham Bulls and the Horton Spartans looking ahead to their games tomorrow in the Brit Ball playoffs for, for Division 2. Uh, got Sat down with each of those guys for, for 10, 10 minutes or so just to get their thoughts ahead of the game and obviously that again with their you know the, the seasons that they've had, what they're doing going into the game and their upcoming opponents. Uh, lots of different perspectives and say lots of you know, three different clubs so you get quite a variety um, of, of thoughts and you know, aspirations from those teams. So I hope you I hope you enjoy it. I won't spend too long chatting on here. But don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter at F10YBritBall, um, which is where you can get me. Uh, if you want to get, if you if you're a team that want to get in touch, and maybe if you, after this week, uh, next week, uh, you're a team that are playing in the semi-finals, or you know uh, you're in the prem or something like that, uh, you want to come on, get let, get in touch with us. Let us know. We'd love to have you on. Without any further ado, we're going to start off with the Lincolnshire Bombers. Okay, first up on the podcast, we have Russell Moore, marketing manager slash wide receiver captain slash utility person for the Lincolnshire Bombers, uh, second in NFC NFC Two South this season. Russell, welcome you in. Thank you very much, Tim. How how are you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Looking forward to to this weekend's action, uh, of course, which uh, Lincolnshire are a part of. I'm sure that that's uh, very exciting for you and you and the team. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, we've we've not had a lot of playoff experience. Last year was the the first time, and obviously a new group of players, it's a bit of a big drop for us to be landing Chester Romans last year. Obviously, had a very good season this year as well, but I think we're more prepared this year. So I think there's more guys looking forward to it and more guys trying to come with a, a sensible head and approach it tactically. Yeah, absolutely. And they say the Bombers uh, kind of had an upward trend over the last couple of years. Like you say, you went down to, to Chester Romans last year, a uh, year before, just missing the playoffs by, well, I think it was a point differential to the surge. I, th- I think it was, if my research, uh, I can recall my research correctly. But uh, uh, cons- considering that trend, you know, and the next step forward will, will be a win on Sunday. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for. You know, we were always aiming for playoffs for the last couple of years. Um, we also achieved that last year. Really, by the skin of our teeth, we started the season north and four and had to win four straight games to come back. And obviously, that was again in a very strong division with Birmingham and Staffordshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we've gone a step further, so we sort of leapfrogged Staffordshire. Although Birmingham obviously have been very strong um, and they've taken that top seed position, um, and now we're looking. Obviously, got the home um, playoff place, and then with that, hopefully, comes a win. Absolutely, we're speaking to the to the Bulls a bit later on in the podcast. So it'd be interesting to see if they. I think you said was it you that said off air that you're you're a bit sick of the team the Bulls this season. So um, I'll, I'll ask you who you want to see in the in the semi finals if you do win a bit later on. But we'll we shall see. But just to, just to yeah. wind it back a little bit, Russell. Um, yeah. So you've you've been, how long how long have you, have you been with the Bombers? Obviously, you, you've got a couple of roles there. But just t- tell us your involvement with with Lincolnshire Bombers. Yes, I've been with the Bombers for uh, four years now, which seems like a bit of an eternity. You always look to be one of the senior players in the squad. That might just be because I'm one who's got a bit of a brain left, not too many concussions. <laughs> um, but I obviously have been playing for four years. Uh, I took the marketing manager role up after the first season, so I've been in that position for the last three years. Um, and it's one of those spots where you've got that seat on the management board, so you see everything going in the background, you know, how we're trying to drive the club. We've recently finished a five-year plan for where the club was trying to get to so um, this year has been spent trying to build a new five-year plan you know where can we 
realistically go with. And obviously, we've got a lot of uh, difficulties with our region. Um, we're based in Lincoln, but the whole of Lincolnshire is a very sparse county. So trying to attract players to be consistently playing for us. And we've got a huge, a really wide network of where players have come from to play for us, which we're really grateful for. Yeah. Um, yeah, trying to build that through the club and beyond. Mm, absolutely. Is it, who's the, uh, in the, in the Britball scene, who's the, who's the nearest club near you then? Uh, so Humber are technically our rivals. So they're up the road in Hull. That's about right. 40 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, we've obviously got these Scunthorpe Alphas who are coming up as an associate team. Um, and then outside of that, it tends to be a bit more get on the road and, Seems closest. Yeah, absolutely cool. Uh, and let's talk, let's talk about the the Bombers season then. So, like you say, six and two this season, um, which is obviously a, 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 a improvement from from previous years. What, what's kind of been the keys to the success for the team this season, and which allowed you to get to the postseason? I think the big difference from last year to this year has been the defence. I think that's shown up when we've seen other teams, especially on a player from last year. You know, we did very well basically outgunning teams last year, scoring huge amounts of points. Um, and then you look at the way you know Birmingham played this year, uh, even Holton, and the way we played Chester last year. If you want to get up to that next division, I think your defence has to power you there. Mm. Um, we've actually been quite quiet on offence this year, but hopefully getting it uh, on a roll now and been a, a lot better at reducing those um, sort of the penalty calls you get and reducing the sort of issues between the... Um, cause of the season's gone on, so looking forward to really combining that uh, tomorrow. Mm, certainly, certainly all the action that I've seen in, in Britball, uh, penalties are drive, absolute drive killers. But I enjoyed your outgunning and bombers reference there. I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but yeah, we always like we like a pun here on the full ten yards. So nice maybe, maybe it's ingrained. It's just something in the, <laughs> in the absolutely. absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk about your opponents on Sunday then. Uh, Inverclyde, in, Inverclyde at Goliaths, who I've actually personally had a chance to face off uh, in an associate game, but uh, obviously they're travelling all the way down from Wee Bonnie, Scotland. Um, does it does it help that you have the home field advantage and they are travelling all that way down to you? Yeah, massively. And we'll you know look into our experience last year. Um, they're not going to get as much of a problem as we had in the fact that our kickoff was moved forwards to, to 12 o'clock. So when we actually played Chester, um, they had a referee shortage. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> they had a referee shortage and they had to do two games in that one day. So ours was moved forwards. And obviously going from Lincolnshire to Chester, I think that's just over a three-hour trip anyway. Yeah. So... Um, we know the hassle of that um, coming. I think for them, it's going to be sort of five, six hours. So if the shoe was on the other foot and we had to go up to Inverclyde, I know that we'd probably not have maybe five to ten members of our roster to travel. Um, you know, that's a natural thing for away games, especially one of that distance. Yeah. So I'm expecting them you know, to have good numbers because it's their first season. It's their first playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might have a little bit of depth lacking and just the fatigue from doing such a long journey. Um, we're definitely pleased to have that home field advantage. Yeah, absolutely. So it's when you get off the coach, isn't it, after a four or five hour journey and then you're stretching the legs and you start, you, you always seem to be under, it always takes a lot more to, to get, you know, bring to the boil, doesn't it? You always seem to be undercooked, but uh, yeah, obviously you don't have that have that to deal with. So let's t- talk about, uh, obviously, without going into too much detail in case you've got any Goliaths listening. Um, <laughs> well, the preparations for this week, have they been any different to, to normal? Have you been able to see any Goliaths footage at all from, from their previous games? Uh, we have been able to see some glass footage. Uh, so we saw their previous game with Clyde Valley. Um, we've not changed too much our practice, but I think a lot of the guys obviously had access to this footage. So specifically looking at their positions, um, lots of feedback on the, the group chat as to what a few plans might be. Um, and obviously I'm not going to give too much away, but I don't think it gives too much away to say that um, their number 25 is very influential. <laughs> I think when I saw him play, he was at running back, quarterback, defensive end, punter, 
kick return, you know, yeah. name it whatever else. So, um, you know, you're never going to say that the team is one guy, but you, you you pick out key areas, and I think um, he's obviously one of them. But we've we've looked across the whole board. Um, you know, there's a few areas in special teams I think we've got quite excited about this year. So really trying to push that because it can be quite important. Um, and obviously the offensive and defensive coaches have had their say on, on what we're looking at to do this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. 25, I know exactly who you're talking about. And uh, yeah, fair, fair to tell you, he's, uh, he's a pivotal, pivotal cog in that in that machine. But so if you, if you were to win on Sunday, uh, are, you, are you bothered about who you face in the next round? Or is it, you know, is it just a case of just getting one step ahead and, and obviously doing better than, than previous seasons? Yeah, the big goal is to get that one step ahead. Um, the, if, if we were to be given the choice... Uh, I think a lot of the guys would like to go to Holton. Obviously, they've got the nice stage in there. Mm. Um, the other benefit for us is that we, a bit like Serge, wouldn't have to play Birmingham three times this season. Yeah. Um, and that's nothing to say against the guys, but I think you know Birmingham are a very good team. I think Holton are a very good team. It's going to be a big challenge either way. And I think just the preference of playoff football would be to play someone outside of your division Absolutely. and to play someone who's you know has a very nice facility. We. We played Holton in our division two years ago because of the way the fixtures worked out. We only played them at home. Right. So yeah, yeah. had them here and we had uh, we actually did win 33-22. Uh, but essentially, we're just looking forward to you know playing the game this weekend and trying to get as far as we can. Um, it's all about setting new horizons for us and seeing how far we can get. No, absolutely indeed. And let's, let's talk about a bit about you for a moment, Russell. So you're obviously the wide receiver captain as well. Uh, do, do you play wide receiver as, as well or are you just the captain? Yeah, I do at the moment. Fortunately, the uh, the offensive coordinator still has me on his starting chart, so I'll try and <laughs> stay there for as long as possible, try and stay healthy. Um, but yeah, it's a position I've had for the last four years. I've had the marketing manager role for the last three. Mm. And let's just have a bit of a focus on marketing manager, because obviously uh, the importance of, of American football and, and growing teams is uh, is obviously the funding and, and getting people in through the doors and the footfall for, like, say, your rookies, your rookie trials and that kind of stuff. Just maybe want to talk about, you know, what that what is the, the marketing manager, you know, duties involve. Yeah, for, for us, it's really about raising the profile of the team. Um, when I picked it up, we were just sort of managing to get by, and it's all about just, we're a club, we've got players, let's just see where we go from there. I'm um, trying to be more of a tactical perspective to that, so trying to focus on those player acquisition times when we've got the rookie open days going, you know, making sure that we're providing a you know a good a good forefront for the club so you know we were attractive proposition that people want to come and play for us that they can see that we're fun and engaging i think the sort of tone of voice i have on social media is you know it's, it is a hobby and that's what we want to promote we're not all about win 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 um we're trying to develop that that side of it and we've got a you know a separate sponsorships manager who looks at the funding side so it allows to free me up really to really promote the club to perspective you know both players and fans and do you have like are there any clubs near you yourself or is, is there like a fight for players or is it quite um quite a good catchment area for you it's not bad so we've got a unique problem in that lincolnshire is such a large area with sort of very little in it you know very agricultural but yeah. um, we've got the hub of lincoln where we play um we've got uh Humber, where sort of our nearest rivals are, and obviously the Scunthorpe Alphas are coming up now as well uh, in that region. Um, we actually have quite a few players from from the Hull and Grimsby area. We've got quite a few players who actually come from sort of Leeds and Yorkshire way. Um, it's quite a large group that we're trying to reach out to, so it's a unique proposition for us to say, you know, come and play. But some of the training journeys are over an hour. Some guys are really putting in the the hard yards to get there, um, and it's something we you know keep trying to work on and make sure that we we make the most proposition or the most attractive proposition for this whole region. 
Yeah, absolutely. I say I know, I know that that part of the world quite well because I have a family over in uh, over Stamford Way. So um, yeah, it's quite uh, the, the A1 is a is a long road, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do do you worry at all that uh, some players maybe say that are nearer other clubs will start to maybe you know without I'm not I'm not a Love Island uh, viewer, but to have have their heads turned by uh, other teams that are maybe a bit nearer, or do you feel that the club is strong enough to to kind of keep those players and they're invested in the team? Yeah, I think everyone's got their own you know, reasons. If they want to go for something closer to home, then yeah. we're never going to stop anyone from doing that. At the end of the day, like we've said, we are a team that's here for your enjoyment. You know, we want to try and be as best as we can, but um, we're never going to push anyone in or take anyone away. I think one of the things that we have noticed is the way we've gone about our football, the way we've sort of built a bit of reputation for being a nice club and for um, the way we run our social media, for, for example, has actually attracted players to us. So, right. you know, hopefully we can continue that. Um, you know, we've had guys who are travelling from Leeds saying, you know, I chose you over some closer um, units to us because actually they, they enjoyed how the club operated. Absolutely. And uh, so just before we let you go, Russell, just maybe want to tell the, the listeners out there about the the game on uh, game tomorrow versus Inverclyde Goliaths, where they can where they can find you the game and all the details. Yep, so we'll be uh, tweeting live on our Twitter account at Links Bombers AFC. Um, the match itself will be taking place in North Highcombe uh, in a little place called Memorial Hall, which is LN69RY. And the kickoff will be 2.30pm. Um, so feel free to come down early. We've got the bar running and hopefully the weather's not too bad. There you go. Bar, bar is running. That's, that's the key The key takeaway for me. No, joking. Um, but yeah, Russell, <laughs> Russell, wish you all the best, obviously, for tomorrow for you, you, you and the team. And hopefully we can speak to you maybe in a couple of weeks when you're contesting that final. Yep, hopefully so. Thanks very much, Tim. Okay, next up on the podcast, we have from second in the NFT, NFC to South, we go to the winners, Birmingham Bulls, 8-0 undefeated season. And we welcome in head coach and offensive lineman, Matthew Sheldon. Matthew, welcome in. Thanks, Tim. It's, uh, it's good to be with you. How are, how, how are we feeling ahead of the uh, big game tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we feel um, we feel good. We feel uh, we feel confident. Obviously, we uh, we played them, we played them last week, won twenty one nil, and uh, we you know we feel as a team that we're in a we're in a good place at the minute going into the playoffs. Um, everybody is relatively healthy. We've got a few sort of long term injury things, but we've been dealing with those all season. So um, you know we've got a uh, as big a squad as um, as we could possibly have. So. Um, yeah, we feel good about going into the game. Absolutely, obviously on the court, on the back of the regular season, eight and over undefeated season, sweeping all before you. What's been the keys to the success? I know, I know you're going to say defense uh, initially because 13, <laughs> 13 points conceded all season. I mean, did you build a wall in the end zones or? Yeah, I think they'd, uh, they'd be crossing me if I didn't say it was. It was uh, a good <laughs> part of it was down to them. I think um, I think that we're. Um, we're a couple of years into a into a three year plan, so I've been the head coach for a couple of years now, and and, and I came in with a you know obviously wanted to get get us back into Division One and reestablish ourselves into in, in Division One football. So we came down with um, about twenty players, and that was the sort of um, that, that was all that we that we, we still had left. So we've had to recruit that those twenty players have become sort of the core of the team. So even though with the Bulls was we're actually quite a quite a young team in a lot of ways we haven't got many players that have played more than sort of four years um so um yeah we've you know we two years um into the plan um we we, we feel like um we're really making progress in terms of um uh, as a club and um, we, we lean on that defense quite a lot obviously they're um they're they're physical um 
they're um, they're nasty. They're everything that you want in a defense. And there's a, a lot of credit due there to the uh, to, to our defensive coordinator, um, Steve Stokes, who's also the special teams coordinator and chairman. He does so much work. He's like he's a great guy. Um, the players obviously believe in him. Um, so yeah, um, defense as always has been at the Bulls is a is a big part of everything that we do. But obviously the the offenses uh, has improved this year as well. Defensive coordinator is uh, is Doug Cottrell and he's been doing a great job with uh, my assistant head coach Rich Wild and we all work together on the on the offensive side of the ball. So really, it's just about changing a few things around this year. The offensive line's improved. Uh, we've got uh, one of our um, defensive captains switched over to become our tailback of the season. He's done a great job. Andy Gibson sort of coming in there and and, and running the ball consistently for us. So it's been yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a one of those second year of the program, everybody's settling down into things and, and improving. Mm. Gradually, as we do that, absolutely. And I'd say just a point on that offense as well. It's not as if, say, it's just been it's all defense because the, the offense averaging what over thirty five points a game as well. Yeah, and, and we feel like we can we can attack teams in different ways with the offense. You know, we've got um, we've got quite a, we've got a lot of weapons. We've got uh, five or six really good receivers. We've got a couple of quarterbacks that have got good arms. Um, we've got uh, Rich, uh, the, the assistant head coach, who's, a, who's our veteran backup as well. So um, we feel like we're covered um, across the board on offense. So it's just been last year was a bit difficult on offense. You know, you know what it's like if, yeah. if you kind of it's a new team. It's the last thing to really sort of start clicking, and it, it did in fits and starts last season, but. Um, but this year it's been it's been a lot easier to um, to move the ball and to to move the ball consistently to get all those kind of things um, working in unison. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, looking back looking back to last year, obviously um, you beat beat the Horton Spartans in, in the quarterfinals, and then uh, read the great match report by uh, Gary Griffiths last year about the Aberdeen game in the semi-finals. Yeah, um, yeah it seems seems like um, it was a bit of a heartbreaker there up in up in the north of Scotland. Uh, did you take much t- take much from that game that that you know, makes you fare a bit better this going into this season's playoffs? I think we grew a lot last yeah. season. I think with the playoffs, I, I, if I'm in all honesty, I just wanted to get the club um, back on its feet last season. So, you know, the, the playoffs are a bonus to us um, as far as we were concerned. And, you know, we played Holton in the quarterfinal and I thought, you know, we really, we had a good game. I thought we dominated that game. It, it, the scoreline was pretty close, but I don't think it really reflected the way that the game went. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then we ended up with the long trip to Aberdeen, courtesy of losing our one of our final regular season game against the Surge. So we lost our seeding. So yeah, we had to go all the way out to Aberdeen, which could have been a bit of a, uh, a well, it could have been a really difficult situation. But the players really took it on board, really ran with it. We didn't take a coach. We all went up in cars, mm. so it was like a big road trip and stuff. Yeah, um, we got ourselves a hotel, um, and and it was just it felt good. It felt like good preparation for a game. Um, and then obviously we were winning with I think there was six or seven minutes left and we, we made a mistake and uh, and we paid the price for it and then we could, just couldn't get back into the game um, but you know Aberdeen were a, a really good side and I'm really pleased to see them doing well in, in Div 1 this year yeah. um, you know great coaching staff really sort of classy organisation so you know I'm pleased for Aberdeen this year mm. um, and you know the, I think the players it galvanised the players um, you know, that kind of game always does that kind of thing I think you you can see how much it mattered to everybody mm. and as disappointing as it was I think we, we picked ourselves back up really quickly afterwards we got back on pre-season early mm-hmm. um, we brought some guys in 
um, from you know from other clubs around us, and we, we feel like we're, we're kind of we're putting our best feet forward with it all. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. And I say as, as long as that journey might have felt going going back the way uh, back down to Birmingham down, <laughs> down the M6, I, I suppose like you say, there didn't seem to be any hangover this season, judging obviously by the performances. No, I mean we had a bit of a difficult pre-season, and so much it was weather disrupted. So we played South Wales in a, in a pre-season game and it ended up nil-nil because we basically played in a monsoon. It was no good for, <laughs> for either of us. So we didn't really know what to expect when we got to the season. We didn't, you know, always the case. You're not, you're not entirely sure where you are. You feel good about what you're doing and stuff, but you're never really sure about where you are. Um, and we had a bit of a slow start against Lincoln. We won 12-0, and uh, we had a couple of touchdowns called back. Um, you know, so it was it, it was quite a quite a close game on paper, mm. um, but yeah, since that twelve, you know, we've been growing since then. Obviously, we've put a few big scores on the board, um, and we've we've basically shut uh, everybody out. But uh, well, we're six shutouts so far this season, yeah. so um, and hopefully another one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. On, uh, to, on Sunday on the quarterfinal. Yeah, absolutely. And say first time like this round, like you say, is obviously Staffordshire. Um, you you being the number se- number one seed, any added pressure there? Or is that just a number? Um, no, I don't think there's any extra pressure at all. In fact, it's actually it's quite a comforting thing. You know, yeah. we wanted we, we started this season with, with getting the one seed in mind. We feel like um, home field is really important. Obviously, you know, um, being the being the amateur sport that we are, it causes logistical difficulties for other teams because not necessarily everybody's going to be free to make that kind of journey. Yeah. So I think home field is really important. Um, we've got a new facility this year. Uh, at Kings Norton, um, which is much better than the previous facility we've got. Players love it there. Um, it's much better for opposing teams. So we're really happy to be to be at home and to have everybody everybody come to us. We don't feel the pressure, you know. I mean, like with the balls, everybody expects us to. Um, nobody really expects us to be in Division Two. So we've kind of we ha- we have to uh, we've had to deal with that, and we have to deal with that game on game, and we have that pressure from ourselves because although the Although the players are relatively inexperienced, the coaching staff is quite experienced and we've got guys that have been in and around the club for, uh, well, since it started in, in 83, 84. Right. Um, so we've got guys that expect us to be um, back in Div 1 and ultimately back in the Prem. Yeah, and so obviously, Serge, our, our first up, does it help that you, you know who you're getting at home or would you would you have preferred to like lock horns with, with another team? I, I really don't care about the variety, to be honest. I'm right. quite happy to take Serge on again this week. Um, you know, it helps obviously with the scouting. We know what they do. Um, I'm happy that we played them last week, and you know, you could see that as a bit of a. You know, you don't want to play the same team three times in a season, or you don't want to play them twice in a row. And I, you know, I respect John Wise and and as a coach and his staff and the players and all that kind of stuff. But we felt that we were comfortably, we had enough comfortably last week that we can we can go in there without any complacency. I don't want to sound complacent, but yeah. um, we feel like we had enough last week that um, that we can do the same thing again. So quite happy to play the surge this week, and I'll be quite happy to play Lincoln next week as well because you know it saves us there. Um, we feel like we've got good scout reports on those two teams already. Fair enough. And so with that in mind, then I suppose preparations this week not been any different to say maybe when you've played them in the regular season? Not really, no. Just tidying things up, you know, watching uh, watching film. Um, we got film nice and early this week. We got it straight away. So um, we got to look at... Um, we got to look at... Um, all the different things that you'd want to see um, over the course of uh, the early part of the week. Spoke to the players about it on... Uh, Thursday, um, yeah, we feel so. We feel we feel prepared for it. 
Absolutely. You say you don't, you don't, you don't really mind who you play here on out. So uh, just maybe want to give the listeners before I let you go, Matthew, uh, where the game is, how, where you know what time, price, and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So the game is at Kings Norton Rugby Club, which is in uh, in Alf Church, and um, we will be uh, kicking off at uh, two pm. So um, yeah, that's it. Um, Alf Church, Kings Norton Rugby Club, Ash Lane, Alf Church, two pm kickoff. Um, come and see us. We had a good crowd last week. Actually, we had a, probably 150, 200 people there. So that was it. Was probably one of the best crowds we've had in a long time. Lovely stuff. Hopefully, that can be uh, that can be better this weekend. But yeah, Matthew, wish you yeah. the team the team all the best, and say uh, hopefully maybe we can get you on in a couple of weeks when you're you're, you're in the in the finals. Yeah, it'd be great. Happy to speak to you again. Whatever. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Okay, final team up on the podcast. We have, we head over to the NFC Two Central where we find uh, that Holton Spartans, and we welcome in Ian Derbyshire. Ian, how are you doing? I'm very well, sir. Tim, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me along. No, absolutely, the pleasure is all ours. Uh, really good season for Holton, is, <laughs> thank you. wasn't it? Um, yeah, obliterating all the teams that you were put before you. Um, yeah, it, I think the average score I think I worked out to be something like forty-six to six or or something. Um, yeah, just just yeah. sum up the season maybe in in a few words. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's been um, it's been a really good season um, to finish it undefeated uh, with the average scoreline that you mentioned, nerdies. Probably exceeded our expectations each season. We look to improve and have managed to do that since our inception. Um, but this year to to go undefeated um, is has been a real marker. Um, certainly raised uh, a lot of eyebrows around the, uh, the country and gets ourselves uh, in terms of the Spartans on the map. So it's a very, very pleasing season. Um, not a chance to really celebrate it much yet because uh, it's obviously not over. So, yeah, very pleasing and a made up for all the coaching staff and all of the players who've enjoyed every moment and that's what it's all about. No, absolutely. And say, Holton Spartan aren't, you know, you haven't, haven't been on the map, like you say, for, they've only been there for, for a couple of years and you do find sometimes when teams uh, come into the league or, you know, start to, you know, the conception of the team, it does take a few years for, for them to get some success. Why, why was that different yeah. for Holton? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been asked this question many times over the uh, over the years, and and I think number one thing that, that that I'd always driven was to try and grow the club organically. Um, we come from a, a hotbed of rugby uh, in yeah. the northwest of England in a in a town called Witness. Most people associate Witness with uh, with rugby league, so yeah. we've got a good input of rugby league players over the years that have made the transition into the support uh, into the club. Sorry. And, and, and that's allowed us to build the club from the ground up. Um, we've been able to recruit well, both batch of rook, rookies, and also been able to recruit and attract players from uh, from other clubs. Mm. And each season, we've had a splattering of uh, old heads, as it were, that's come in and helped us develop our club. Uh, that's the on-field side. The off-field side is something that, that, that we pride ourselves on, and, and, and it was very much to try and get the structure in place in terms of... Uh, uh, a very well-run uh, committee, a very well-run uh, structure that, that gives us that framework to continue to build on. So it, it, it's something we set out to do uh, from day one. Um, and I think the phrase that I always use, as I said, is build it organically um, and, and, and try and 
uh, take small steps throughout your own development and try and not run too quickly. Um, so that's probably what I think we've done, maybe different than other clubs that we know will struggle over the years, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, certainly important to, to lay the foundations first before you build your house. But I just wanted to mention, obviously, you, you mentioned there, obviously, about Widness uh, being a, being a, essentially a rugby kind of place. Uh, you obviously play your home games at the rugby grounds. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe just take a minute or so just to talk yeah. about how that all came about, because that's not obviously uh, something that most teams have the, 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 the pleasure of having. Yeah, indeed. And, I, and we certainly see that as the the biggest feather in our cap and, and, and we we are quite lucky um, where Witness play at the Holton Stadium um, is a, a local run uh, council stadium so it's run by Holton Border Council and Holton Border Council Sports Development uh, apologies for the uh, the number of Holton Borders in there but <laughs> we've had a really good relationship with the development team the sports development team uh, Holton Border Council themselves and in year one, um, I I set a big uh, a big bar that says, you know what, guys, we're going to play at Holton Stadium, and every thought everybody in our club thought I was a bit deluded. Um, but I knew that this stadium, it, it's a council stadium. It has a, 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 a fourth generation artificial pitch uh, that, in fact, was completely relayed uh, at the end of last season. It's actually the same company that laid that pitch as the one down in. At Tottenham that we know has been used for the NFL this year right. so we knew that this ground could cope with it in terms of uh, the pitch and to be truthful the stadium management have been exceptional we are uh, we are treated as one of the tenants at the ground yep. alongside Witness Vikings uh, Liverpool Ladies Football Everton Ladies Football and you only have to look at their website they regard us as a as a valued member of their team mm. um, and we are we are blessed, I'll be honest. It's, it, the facilities are, are second to none. Um, I take a very biased view, but I believe we have the number one facilities uh, in American football in the UK. Mm. I'd even go far to say we're pushing to some of the standards we see out in Europe. So we're very blessed. And uh, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of uh, discussions with development management teams and a lot of work to put our game day on. But something that I, I take a lot of pride in and our club, uh, take a lot of pride in. Yeah, I might be explore that a little bit further if I if I could. And so, do, you know, obviously with the facilities you have in the in the play, the place where you play your home games, do you do you feel so? There's two two part here. Do you feel that the players that are in your team yeah. and the players that come and try out for you, do you feel that they maybe elevate their game or you know kind of a more fo- um, not focused because they're going to be focused anyway? But you know, do you feel that they 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 yeah. they fight for it a bit more if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, in in terms of again taking both sides of that, in terms of recruitment, um, does it help us recruit rookies and, and experienced players to our organisation? One hundred percent, yes. Um, if I was a twenty-four, twenty-five year old, um, which I'm not anymore, I wish I was. Me and you both. When I was playing way back when, would I have uh, would I have wanted to play in a Holton Stadium? Yes. Am I living my life through these young lads now? 100% yes. So we know it's a, it's a real attraction uh, to get players to there. And when it comes to game day, um, a number of teams have visited the stadium uh, a number of times over the years. Uh, people like Furness, people like Morecambe. I've been to our stadium many times, but every time they come, you can see um, that they are in awe uh, of, of, of what we have. And we use that to our advantage. It allows us to sort of get on the front foot uh, yeah. first. 
Yeah, you mentioned there, Ian, about obviously the uh, the the awe that the other teams when they when they visit your stadium. Does, does that help with the well? Is there is there any intimidation there with with other teams as well that allows you to get on that front foot? Yeah, I mean, imitate intimidation. So it might be a, a bit of a strong word, but, but we certainly find that we can use the stadium to our advantage. It gives our players uh, a real big lift uh, being at the stadium. We get everything prepared for them. They don't have to do anything with the pitch, with game shirts. They just get ready. Um, but what we see with the other teams, that, that as I said, they are in order to stadium and, and you find them all taking uh, various pictures and stuff. So it, it allows us very much to get on the front foot, uh, certainly pre-game. And we find a very early, uh, early quarter, uh, first quarter particularly, it just takes the opposition a little bit to settle down. If we get off uh, on the right foot, the quick foot, get some good plays executed on both sides of the ball, um, it allows us uh, to take advantage of, of home field advantage at the stadium mm-hmm. and something we've worked hard to, uh, to make sure we had this year. Yeah, absolutely. I say with, with teams obviously visiting your your stadium, it, yeah, when when you do come out and, and execute those plays, they kind of uh, rabbit in headlight stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I was trying to not use that phrase, but it's a it's a phrase that that sometimes been mentioned. We do see players and and, and, and even coaches get a bit rabbit in the headlights, and yeah. um, we uh, we've played there for a number of years. Lots of players have played many games there, so we're used to the environment. Mm. So um, we definitely use it to our advantage, mm. without a doubt. Yeah. So and I say on the, on the other end of the co- uh, on the other side of the coin there, then. And so obviously, when you travel to away games, and I know it wasn't so much of an, an issue this year with your undefeated regular season, but surely then, uh, on the same token, when you travel to two games and and somewhat go down to to, to play uh, to teams that have le- you know lesser facilities or you know not as high obviously high standards as you do, do you find that, yeah. that that's a hard a tough one for the team and the head coach to kind of get yeah. used to? Because obviously you have grass to deal with, mud, and maybe you know it's not as obviously as yeah, good as you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a great question, Tim. And, I, and I've done a lot of these sort of interviews over the years and chatted to lots of people, and I've never been asked that question this way around. Uh, we certainly are aware of it, uh, and, and when we do travel um, away, we try and ensure that we give the players, the coaches, all have exactly the same uh, the same preparation. Uh, but it is something we are aware of. <laughs> in, in fact, real life story was that. Uh, we played Leeds Bobcats away uh, a few weeks ago, uh, and we had a lot of banter with John Sewell, who heads that up. That the the pitch, and it was picked up on social media, had a very very long grass, um, and there was a lot of backwards and forwards on social media between uh, between the teams and the fact that hang on, we needed to cut that grass, and John with Malang on it's plastic. It, it's not plastic like your pitch. The sun's out. It's going to grow. So um, we do uh, we do make ourselves aware of it when we travel away. But in reality, it's still a pitch. You're still playing 11 people on that field in front of you. Um, and because it's a mixture of home and away, we're used to playing on grass and the famous muddy fields, uh, as well as we are from from playing in the Holton Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say just from a player's point of view as well, you, you think obviously at your stadium you've got the nice like locker rooms and change rooms and everything set up for you. When you if you if you have to turn up to a place where it's like very all cramped in and yeah, the, the famous yeah. Uh, Liverpool Liverpool away dressing room in soccer brings comes to mind as well. But yeah, just like yeah. kind of those comforts, isn't it, that can can knock a player out off kilter even a tiny bit. It, it would exactly right. Even a tiny little bit, it, it, it can just getting off that coach. 
going into a changing room that maybe you've not been in before a clubhouse, you're not too quite sure uh, where you're going. And it knocks players and coaches, for that matter, uh, off their game a little bit. But uh, but ultimately, a changing room is a is a place where you get ready, get out on that field, and 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 hopefully get yourself switched on. Absolutely, the uh, the American football equivalent of Lionel Messi doing it on a cold night in Stoke. Um, but uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Is that all added? Yeah, can can he do it on a rainy night in Stoke? Exactly too. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about. The thing yeah. is, it's not been a rainy night in Stoke, but we certainly have been able to do it this year. So okay. we have been able to uh, to win uh, as comfortably away this year as we have at home. So hopefully we've put that analogy to bed once and for all yeah <laughs> absolutely and obviously it's going into tomorrow's game you welcome down the Dumfries Hunters who come down for down the M6 uh, obviously you're, you're delighted that you have the home game do you, do you know much about Dumfries at all yeah. have, you, have you done anything specific to them yeah I mean obviously we don't know a lot about Dumfries uh, we are reaping the benefit in at home tomorrow uh, because they've got a, a fairly lengthy uh, coach trip tomorrow they come into the stadium and and we've already mentioned what that can do to some opposition. Um, in terms of preparation, have we done anything different? We haven't done anything different. Have we done a lot more of it? Possibly. So um, the coaches have brought down film from our game last week, uh, brought down film that we have available from Dumfries. Um, coaches worked on uh, on annotating uh, the huddle footage Monday into Tuesday. Wednesday, there's a, there's a, a, a meeting of the coaches to work on a game plan. And then Thursday night was our uh, field session along with a film session. Um, and then on Saturday afternoon, there will be a, a bit of a walkthrough of game plan. So we haven't prepared anything differently for the visit of Dumfries, uh, but we'll certainly reap the benefit of that home field advantage tomorrow. Absolutely. It'd be, it'd be a shame, obviously, to have a have a great regular season that, as you did to then maybe go down to the first hurdle on Sunday. But hopefully for you guys that that doesn't happen. Uh, Ian, obviously, wish you all the best for that yeah. game. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, we, we got to the playoffs last year and uh, we went down to Birmingham in the quarterfinals yeah. uh, and unfortunately come short 16-6 down at Birmingham uh, last year. We were the away team. Um, so we know how hard it is to go out the playoffs at effectively the first hurdle. And we have done our utmost in terms of preparation on and off the field to, uh, to not have that feeling tomorrow. We want to uh, hopefully uh, roll on into what will be a semi-final at the Holton Stadium uh, week on Sunday, uh, the 18th. Mm, absolutely. And just to, to tomorrow's game, obviously Witness Rugby Round does come up when you go in Google Maps quite easily, but do you just maybe want to give us a few more details about the game tomorrow, kick-off time, prices and, yeah. and all the rest of it? Uh, exactly right, yeah. So so it's it's the Holton Stadium, which is Lower House Lane uh, in Witness. Um, kick-off time is 2pm. Uh, turnstiles open at 1pm. Uh, we've got our match day commentator, we have our cheerleaders, we put on a really good uh, game day experience. Uh, most importantly, the, um, the concourse bars are open, serving food and drink. Uh, so come along to the stadium, sit in the stands, give us some support, have a few beers and uh, the infamous hot dog. So yeah, um, if we can get some fans down tomorrow, uh, we will be really appreciated. We're hoping for the big crowd, mm. hopefully the biggest crowd of the season yeah. this year. Yeah, unfortunately, if I, if I wasn't further away than Dumfries Hunters, I'd maybe try and make the trip down. But uh, since though, I'm even yeah. fur- I'm even further north. That's going to be a bit of a difficult shout for me. But I'll certainly keep an eye out on the. It game. is a bit of a trek. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Tim. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, wish you say, wish you all the best for for you and the team. Hopefully, we can speak uh, in a couple of weeks, maybe when you're contesting the final. But yeah, all the best for for tomorrow.
Excellent. Many thanks for your time, Tim. Cheers. So there you have it, Some f- a bit of flavour ahead of the feisty games that will be happen- happening on tomorrow. Don't forget to check out my preview, which is on the full10yard.com forward slash blog, where you can look at my predictions and how I think some of the games will go. So go and check that out. I say best of luck to all those teams. Thanks to Russell and Matthew and Ian for that. I've never been called Sir before. That was quite nice as well. Maybe, maybe I have to get the uh, the boys on the other podcast to, to call me Sir when they address me, but uh, we shall see. I'm not sure that will, be, that will come to fruition. But uh, wherever you're going, if you go into any of the games, maybe send us some screenshots, maybe send us some pictures. We'll retweet some of those. We'll retweet the, the results when they come out as well. Don't forget, you can you can watch the Northumberland Vikings game uh, on YouTube at UK AFL as well. So go and give that a search and give that a subscribe. Very much worth a watch. But that's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days with a fancy podcast. So keep your eyes peeled. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from me and the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's a bye-bye for now. A bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com